Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. He said, whoever believes in him has everlasting life. Not will have, not might have, not hope so, but will have, right? Has right now, eternally. So if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have eternal life. Eternal life is not just going to heaven. It's not just quantity of life, but it's quality of life, right? It's quality right here, right now. And so we have quality of life. And so John's writing to these people who are saying you can live any way you want to and still go to heaven. You ever heard anybody say that? I'm going to get in by the skin of my teeth or I might make it and I might smell like smoke, but uh, I'm like, look at them and I go, you better make sure you're going to make it because I don't think you are because that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says those that know the Lord live for God. They live in obedience to God. They practice righteousness they love the brothers. They have the characteristic of love, which we're going to talk about today. And they also believe the truth about Jesus. And they believe the Bible is true, right? And so he tells us that that which was from the beginning, which we've seen, which we've heard, which we've handled with our hands, the word of life, he says he was with us and he was manifested to us. And all these things are true. And he says, don't believe anything that's not true. Believe the stuff you've heard from the beginning. And like I said, a lot of things you could say, if it's new, it's true because they're always inventing new stuff and coming up with stuff. But if it's if somebody's telling you there's something new about the Bible, don't believe them. If somebody hadn't heard it, figured it out, or seen it, and all the times that the Bible's been written, it's not there. So if it's new, it's not true in the Bible. And so he says, go back to the beginning, what you've heard and seen and and, and what you know is true. And so he comes in and he talks about these we-sayers that say, say, well, what's sin? What's that? Or I've never sinned or, or I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore. And John says those are false believers. Those are people who don't know the Lord. But he says those that know Jesus confess their sins and they, they trust in him and they follow him and they do what's right and 
And we don't live perfectly right, right? We sin still. And that's why he said, I write these things that you may not sin, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so Jesus didn't pay for some of our sins on the cross, but he paid for how many of them? All of them, right? He paid for all of our sins. And so John goes on to tell us about the test of, of believing in him, the test of keeping his commandments, the test of uh, loving the brethren. And then he talks about this, this test of growing, I guess, that you could say that real believers grow. And he says, don't love the world. So there's a kind of love that God hates, the loving the world, right? It's not loving God's creation and the things, the beauty and the order, but it's loving the things that's the world system, the things that the devil promotes, right? All the wickedness. And then he goes on and talks about all the antichrists, the people who come in and, and they say they have the church, but they leave the church because they're not real true believers. And then he comes in and he says, but we have an anointing. We have the truth from God. And when the truth is not told, what happens? We have a spiritual alarm detector that goes off, right? Spiritual lie detector that goes off and says, something ain't right about that. That's not right. And so God works in our heart to help us know truth from falsehood. And then he talks about the love that God has for us and and about the fact that those that know God practice righteousness, right? We don't do it perfectly, but he says, whoever sins is of the devil. And we know that God came to do what? Destroy the works of the devil, right? And so the last time we were here, we finished up in uh, chapter 3, verse 10. And really the first part of that verse is, is part of verse uh, the previous part of the chapter, but remember, people put the verses in here, right? The chapter divisions and the verses, that wasn't something God did, but that was something man did to try to help us find the pages and find where we're at and know all the places that we need to be. And so sometimes they do a good job, sometimes they don't. But at the end of verse 10 is actually the part of the next section of Scripture, but he's talking about by practicing righteousness, and he says, and this the children of God and the children of the devil are made evident. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. And then he goes into a new subject, and he says, nor is he who does not love his brother. So he's going to talk about the test of loving. Again, it's another part of the test of loving, and John just keeps cycling back through the test of obedience, the test of love the test of what you believe and those are the three tests but he keeps cycling around and around and around and he goes through that through all five chapters of this book and here he's talking about the test of loving the brothers and he says whoever does not practice right practice righteousness is not of god nor is he who does not love his brother and then he comes in and he tells us what love is not first First of all, that it, those that don't love his brother, that's not from God, right? He says, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not marvel, my brother, if the 
Brethren, if the world hates you, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brother. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also are to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So that's what we're going to talk about. 1 John chapter 3, verses 10b through 18 today. So he first talks about those that don't know the Lord, they don't love their brothers, right? And I'm talking about not family brothers, but you know there's, there's two families in the world. I don't know if you realize that. There's the family of God and the family of the devil, right? Remember Jesus said, you were of your father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning in John chapter 8. They're accusing him of all these things. They don't like who he says he is. He tells them he's Abraham's child. and, and uh, that he, I mean, not Abraham's child, but he said, before Abraham was, I am, right? And he says, I've always existed. And they said, you're not even 40 years old or 50 years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? He says, yes. He says, before Abraham was, I am. And he says, these people, they just start accusing him all kinds of stuff and saying he's a liar and he's a, he's a Samaritan and he's a born of fornication and all kinds of stuff. And, and he says, you are, a, are murderers and your father was a murderer and, and your father was a liar and you have been with him from the beginning because he is your father, right? So a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a lot of times the way we're brought up is what? The things that we practice, right? And so if the father is the devil, what are they practicing? They practice some evil, right? And it's kind of hard to get away from that when you're a child, you know, just in the physical world. But in the spiritual world, if you're a child of the devil, that just, that's who you are. You're going to live for evil and wrong and some people don't live as far down the road in it as other people, right? Some people seem to be pretty moral, but on the inside, there's a lot of wickedness inside. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But it, that's how it started out with Cain, right? He says, this is the message you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Jesus said what? You, you've heard it said, love one another, but a new commandment I give you that you love one another is what? I have loved you, right? And how did Jesus love us? And he's going to talk about that in a minute. He said that he laid down his life for us, right? But he says, not as Cain. So that's not the right kind of love to have, right? Who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. So why did Cain murder his brother? Because he was of the wicked one, right? He was jealous. Y'all remember that story? In Genesis chapter 4 of Cain and Abel and Cain, Cain mur murdered Abel and that was the first murder that ever was committed, right? It really talks about a person that violently killed somebody and Cain, he did what he wanted to and I believe and the Bible teaches that somewhere in the beginning the Bible always says that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. So somewhere along the line, Abraham knew that. All the Abraham's kids knew that. 
And Cain and Abel knew that they were supposed to sacrifice animals. Because what did God do? The first thing when Adam and Eve sinned, who, what did God do? He killed animals, right? And all through time, he says, there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And so what happens is they were told, they knew that they were supposed to kill an animal. And you know what happened? Abel brought the right sacrifice. He brought an animal. He brought the firstlings of the flock and, and, and what did Cain do? He brought something from the garden. And that's not what God told him to do. God didn't tell him to bring something from the garden. And so Cain brought a, a sacrifice that was not pleasing to God. And Abel brought a sacrifice that was pleasing to God. God was pleased with with Abel and God was not pleased with Cain's sacrifice and guess what? Cain because he was jealous of his brother what did he do? He came in and he killed his brother right? And where did that all start? It starts in here right? I mean this week we've seen these people uh, sh this shooting in a school in the past week and, and, and where did that all start? It started in the heart right? And that's where all stuff starts. It starts in the heart and in the mind. And, and the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? And it says that, that out of the heart proceeds murder and adultery and fornication and all kinds of wickedness. That's where it comes from. It comes out of here. And that's why we need a new heart from Jesus, right? From God. And that's when he saves us and forgives us, he gives us a new heart. But you know what? He says he murdered his brother. He, he violently killed him. And why did he kill him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. And we're going to talk about that. He says, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Do you know that the world hates Christians? You know why? Because it makes, because when we do what's right, if we're Christians and we do what's right, you know what? It makes them feel bad. <laughs> It just makes them feel bad because you're doing what's right. I just, it's like one time I remember I was at work and, and I never expected that to happen to me, but, but I was at work one time and the girl, she, she called me a goody two-shoes and I was like, what's up with that? Why, why, why are you calling me a goody two-shoes? I mean, just because I want to do what's right. I mean, look at what they did to Jesus. Jesus never did anything wrong ever, right? And what did they do? They killed him. They put him on a cross and hung him naked and beat him and whipped him and did all these things to him. And he says that, you know what? The world hates us because its deeds are evil. And he says, they're going to hate the people of the God because we make them look bad. It's like if you go to work, if you've ever been a worker and you go to work and and you're doing too much work and everybody else is, you're making everybody else look bad, what do they do? They hate you, right? And it's the same thing with Christianity because we do what's right. Not all the time, but most of the time when we do what's right, it makes the other people feel bad. It makes them look bad. It pinpoints their sin and says, I'm right with God and you're wrong with God. You're not right with him. And, and, and it makes them feel bad and they don't like that. And so they hate us. And he says that we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brother. 
And he says, he who does not love his brother abides in death. In other words, the characteristic of a true Christian is that you love other Christians. You know, I always talk about this and off and on, but I always love to go somewhere and hang out with Christians, you know, and hang out, go to church and be with them. And it's always sad when you got to go home and go back to the real world and then, you know, you go back to your jobs or whatever you're doing at home and you have to leave all your brothers and sisters in Christ and you go back home and you just hate to walk off and leave. At least I do. And I think that's what we should all feel if we know the Lord, that we want to be with the brothers and sisters in Christ, right? We want to be with other believers. We want to be with those people who are like us. I mean, it's good to be with family brothers and sisters or whoever you have, but, you know, uh, they're just physical people. They're physical kin to us, but the true kin to us is the spiritual people. We have a special bond. We have a special place in here that loves other people who are Christians. And so he says those that don't love their brother, they're not saved. And, that, and it's possible to have animosity and, and feel you know, jealousy and different things for a brother and sister in Christ. But, but if you hate all Christians, then that means you're not a Christian. I, is what the Bible really says. And he says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In other words, the one who hates his brother, his brother in Christ, that's a Christian. If one Christian, a guy that says, or a gal says she's a Christian, and she hates another Christian, and then the Bible says that person, if that's the way they live all the time, that they're not a Christian. And I'm not saying that we can't hate other people at times and have bad feelings towards people. But if that's the way we live all the time, that just shows there's never been a change in here. But he says here, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5? And he talked about if you call your brother a fool or empty-headed or moron, whatever that is, he says, he says to these Pharisees, he says, you know, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not make it into heaven. And then he goes on and says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say if you looked upon a woman to lust after, you've committed adultery. Or if you called your brother a fool, you've committed murder, right? And James talks about that, that, that basically we murder in here. You know, there's probably a lot of people out there that if because of the consequences, they would like to kill somebody, literally, but because of the law that holds them back, you know, because they know that if they get caught that they would be locked up the rest of their life or die in an electric chair or whatever, they would never do it, right? But there's a lot of people that just hate in here. And the Bible says if we hate in here, Jesus said that's the same as murdering somebody. It's not the same as physically murdering, but we've done it in here, right? The Bible always talks about it's what's in here. People say, well, I'm going to heaven because I did this or I didn't do that. Jesus says it's what's in here. It's always been about the heart. And until we trust Christ and he gives us a new heart, 
We cannot be his children, right? But that old heart that's in there, it talks about Saul when he was going down the road and it says that God gave him a new heart, you know? And over and over and over, he says, I'll cut out that heart of flesh, that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The old wicked heart says, I want to do it my way. I want to do what I want to. I'm going to do whatever I want to no matter who I hurt. And so he says that a person who has that hate in their heart all the time, which ultimately can come out in killing somebody like it has in this past week, then guess what? That person does not have eternal life. And then he goes on to say, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also are to lay down our lives for the brethren. In other words, what's the perfect example? What's the ultimate example? How do we know love? Because Jesus did what? Laid down his life for us. He died on the cross for us. And over and over the Bible talks about that. We know love because he first loved us, right? How did he love us? By dying on the cross for us. He says, no greater love has anyone than this. And he laid down his life for his friends. And it says it over and over again in the Bible that, that we, we probably won't ever be called to lay down our life for somebody. Some of y'all may have served in the service and you, you did that. You had to lay down your life for your brothers. And, and, and as they weren't Christian brothers, maybe, but they were your brothers in arms. And that's what we celebrated this past week, Memorial Day, right? That the people died, you know, laid down their lives for, for other people. And that's what Jesus did for us. But he didn't do it just so we could be here physically, but he did that so we could go to heaven, right? And we ought to lay down our lives for our brother. And that doesn't mean we always have to give up our lives, but it means we, we sacrifice for other people. We give to other people. We help other people. We put other people first, right? And that's what he's talking about here. It doesn't mean just you have to die for somebody. But it means you die to yourself and you give to other people because you realize that they need love and you do something for them. And then that's how he fleshes it out here. And he says in verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees them as his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? In other words, if you see somebody in need, that's what James talks about, right? You know, if a man says he has faith, he tells the guy that's uh, cold and naked and hungry, and he says, go, be warm, be filled, but you do not give him the things which are needed for, for, for his body. What kind of faith is this? This is a dead faith, right? That's not real faith when you just say, hey, you know, well, I'm praying for you. I'm praying God will supply your needs, and I got money in my pocket. I could give them to go get some food, right? Or I could take them down the street and get them some food. You know, everybody begging out there is getting, they, they, they may be doing it, using the money for something else, right? But you want to be careful with that. But, but we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ taking care of them and meeting their needs, helping them. And he says, if we see our brother in need, and that means brothers and sisters in Christ, and we shut up our heart and just say, Oh, well, I'll pray for you or I'm not going to help you. Go, go take care of yourself. And that's, 
That, that just shows we're not real Christians. And he says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So it's, it's okay to say, well, I'm going to do something for you, I'm going to pray for you, or whatever, and just to talk about helping. But we're to do it in deed and in truth. We're to do it because God lives in us and we want to help people. We want to do what's right. We, we want to help people because they need help, not because we want to look good. But we're to help people because they need it. You know, and all of us need help at some time, right? Maybe it's physical help. Maybe it's just some emotional help, some encouragement or pat on the back or a hug or, you know, whatever it is. You know, we need, we all need each other, right? I mean, that's the way the human race is, is we all need each other. I always tell people, when you shut people out of your world, you're just missing out on the best things in life. Because the best things in life are, are loving God and loving other people, right? Having people you love and people that love you. And if we see people and we don't, we just give it, what do you call it, lip service. And we say we're going to do something or we say we care for them, but we don't do something for them, then that's not real love. Because real love does what? It meets needs, it loves, it cares, it does what's truly needed. And so that's what we ought to be doing. So that's really the summary of the message there today, that we should love other people and care for people. And if we truly know Christ, then God has put his love in us. It says in Romans 5, I think verse 5, that the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, and what does the Bible say? God is love, right? And if God's love and we don't have love in our heart, guess what? That shows we don't know the Lord. That just shows we just don't know Him. We don't always love like we ought to. We're human beings and we fail and we fall and we mess up, don't we? But you know what? If we're really, truly Christians... A lot of times what's in here we want to do and when we fail and fall we get upset about it. It bothers us because we know we should have done it. But the difference is those that don't know the Lord they just don't care. They don't do it and they don't care that they didn't do it. <laughs> well let's pray. Father we love you. We thank you. We praise you for these examples of brotherly love and that Christians truly love not just with lip service, but in word and deed, and, and we are to do whatever it takes to help other brothers and sisters in Christ and to meet their needs and to meet the needs of others who are out there. The Bible says, do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. So Lord, help us to be good examples. Your light, your, your uh, light in the world and your salt, and that we would, we would be a light, we would be that which is convicts people of their sin, but yet leads them into the light, Lord. Help us to be what's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless y'all. I enjoyed being with y'all today. And the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you both now, today, and forevermore.
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.